0: The following is a message by Dr. Ryan Glomsroot from Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about this message or Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online at wscal.edu or call 760-480-8474. Online, wscal.edu or call 760-480-8474. Merciful and gracious Father, from everlasting to everlasting, You are God. And in all generations, you are our dwelling place. We are grateful to enter into your presence this morning by the mediation of your Son. And with the aid and help of your Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us consider uh, this passage from your word. Give us instruction uh, and direction to know how to live in this world. We might conduct ourselves in a manner that is pleasing in your sight. Transform us by your grace. Uh, We ask more and more into Christ's image renew us in hope. uh, For it's in Jesus' name that we ask. Amen. Please be seated. We are uh, winding up our series in Galatians uh, this morning. The passage that's been assigned to me is Galatians chapter 6, uh, verses 7 through 10, but uh, always the troublemaker, with the dean's permission, I'll include verse 6 in order to have a complete thought. And for that matter, uh, as we uh, read from God's word, I'll read all the way from chapter five, verse 25, uh, down to the end of verse 10. So this is uh, God's own word. If we live by the spirit, let us also walk by the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourselves, lest you too become tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. One who is taught the word must share all good things with the one who teaches, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Well we sang Psalm ninety uh for a very particular reason this morning. Because uh in 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 preparation uh for this chapel, I came to discover that the church in Geneva actually sang Psalm ninety both before and after uh hearing Calvin's sermon on on this very passage. And uh I think that's for many uh good reasons and, and uh, I'd like to begin sort of talking about why that's the case. We we know that Calvin actually preached uh, on the book of Galatians from November of 1557 to uh, May of 1558. So if you consider that, it, it's entirely possible that he preached on this passage uh, that we're considering this morning in about April uh, of 1558. we am not very good at math, but it said 454 years ago. About that. Um, In any case, I think Calvin recognized uh, that in order to understand Paul's instructions here uh, in Galatians 6, it's helpful to have the eternal perspective from Psalm 90 uh, in view. Uh, As the psalm says, to teach us to number our days of right to gain a heart of wisdom. In this case, to understand uh, where we are in relation uh, to eternity, to know that the cares and and the possessions of this world uh, will soon fade, and as we return to the dust, it's only uh, the eternal things uh, that will last. And Calvin knew that uh, the wisdom, the heart of wisdom uh, in this passage is the the wisdom to live generously uh, and to give uh, of your time and of your possessions, especially uh, to the ministry and to the brothers and sisters uh, in the church and and to all those uh, who share the image of Christ. So I want to begin by sort of surveying very very quickly wh- where we are in, in the book of Galatians. You'll recall in the, in the end of chapter 5, Paul has uh, described the fruits of the Spirit, and then he's exhorted us to walk by the Spirit. Uh, and now in the beginning of Galatians chapter 6, uh, we really find two uh, pieces of instruction. Really two warnings, although the warnings really uh, amount to uh, much the same warning, though, on, on different grounds. Uh, so he exhorts us to walk by the Spirit, and then he tells us, in other words, uh, two practical ways that living by the Spirit will manifest itself uh, in, in, uh, in the body of Christ. First, there's an exhortation uh, to a spirit of gentleness in restoring those uh, who've, who've wandered astray. And it comes with a warning uh, not to be arrogant. Don't be deceived, Paul says, Don't consider yourself uh, more highly than you ought. And then in verses uh, 6 through 10, he encourages us to generosity, uh, to a a generosity of life, to do good, to take every occasion uh, to do good uh, to all those, and to give uh, back to the ones who preach the word to us, and uh, to support and be generous to those uh, in the household of faith. And it comes with a warning there, too. Uh, Don't be deceived. Uh, God is not mocked. He knows uh, what we do with our possessions. Looking at verse 6 in particular, uh, I'd like to draw out a few things that, in fact, Calvin mentions in in his sermon uh, on the same verse. Verse 6, one one who is taught the word must share all good things uh, with the one who teaches. You may be surprised to learn that Luther actually uh, was astounded that this verse was even in the Bible. In typical Luther fashion, he begins his commentary on this passage by saying, uh, remarking, looking around at the medieval church in his day, surveying uh, popery, he notices the, the luxurious lifestyle of the, of the priests. He notices the exorbitant uh, amount of wealth uh, that had been amassed by the church. And he said, uh, what, what need, if the church was like this, in Paul's day, what need could there have been uh, for, such an, for such an exhortation? I think Luther saw in uh, the amassing of wealth uh, by, by the Roman church of its day uh, some sinfulness in the, in the work of the devil, essentially, and, and in an institution that was meant to have a high regard for stewardship and for generosity, and instead it was clinging. Luther says it's as if the pope is likened to an emperor, and the uh, Priests and the bishops are like kings and princes of this world. And so in both uh, Luther's Galatians commentary and in uh, Calvin's sermon, they actually include, uh, right at the very outset, a warning uh, to ministers to uh, show restraint and to not live uh, a luxurious lifestyle. Calvin uh, warns not to overcrowd your table with uh, delicacies and uh, sweetmeats. And so they both begin with this warning, uh, but then quickly move on uh, to note the real problem uh, of the day, which is that churches that are faithful uh, in their witness to the gospel, that are faithfully proclaiming uh, Christ crucified, seem to struggle uh, in poverty and ministers uh, go around in need. And so that was the real problem in the churches of their day as it was uh, a problem for the church in, in Paul's day. So the first very simple point is to note that this passage is here in the Bible, and it's easy to breeze past it as such a short verse on the way to uh, the verses on sowing and reaping. And yet we ought to notice that it's here, uh, the support of the ministry is right here at the outset and sets in context uh, the rest of what Paul has to say about uh, sowing and reaping. And in fact, it's helpful to be reminded uh, that Ministers have a right to receive uh, wages from their work. Paul states this quite clearly in, in 1 Corinthians 9, and verse 14. He says, in the same way, the Lord commanded you that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. Or in 1 Timothy 5:18, uh, which quotes Luke 10, he says, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of a double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain and the laborer deserves his wages. You realize, of course, that Paul is just the man to convey this kind of message and instruction on behalf of the church. He himself having recused himself of the right to receive Wages for for his work in in Corinth and in uh, Ephesus and in Thessalonica, he uh, refused the wages that could have been his due uh, in order to uh, remove any shadow of doubt that there were mercenary motives involved. And so, Paul, out of no self interest, is exactly the one uh, to give us this instruction uh, on behalf of the church to say that first in our mind in terms of generous living, ought to be the support uh, of the ministry. Why is that the case? Well, Calvin, I think, here is uh, wonderfully, wonderfully helpful. Calvin says that, th- that those who bring the word to you, those who preach day in and day out uh, and every Lord's Day, and those who baptize your children and visit you when you're sick, uh, that those ministers he says, become like fathers unto you, sent to you by God himself uh, by by divine appointment, and so for the simple fact of out of uh, gratefulness for the message that 's received, uh, you ought to give unto your unto your minister because he 's the one who brings to you uh, the message of of uh, rescue and uh, of mercy uh, and of grace. consider. Calvin says, who you were in your trespasses and sins before uh, having heard from the minister uh, of the good news. Consider now who you are in relation to this passing age. Have that eternal perspective of Psalm 90. And then out of gratefulness, let your heart overflow uh, and give uh, to the one who preaches. But of course, this passage has, has wider, broader uh, application than just the, the support of the ministry. And so there's concentric circles moving out, uh, showing our generosity first to the ministry, then to the household of faith, and then to all uh, who are created in, 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 uh, in God's image. In verse nine, Paul says, let us never grow weary of doing good. And in verse 10, let us take every opportunity to do good to everyone, uh, especially to those who are of the household of faith. And it's possible that verse 10 here has in view the great Jerusalem collection uh, that was taken up and we hear about in, in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 9. Where very similarly, uh, financial contributions to, uh, to this relief fund are described as, as sowing and reaping that those who make such contributions will sow uh, and will eventually reap an eternal harvest. Uh, So there's some comparison there to be drawn but there's also a stark contrast between uh, 2 Corinthians 9 and our passage here. 2 Corinthians 9 there's mention of of a cheerful giver Uh, we're we're gently urged uh, to give. Here you can feel the heat uh, and uh, the intensity of Paul's Instruction, because it comes with a warning immediately after. Uh, Paul warns, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. And, and Luther says, the apostle persecuteth the maintaining of the minister so earnestly that he now addeth a threatening. And Calvin said, though this phrase is short, God is not mocked. Nevertheless, it ought to make us tremble as much as when we hear loud thunder or see a thunderbolt fall from high. The greatest disrespect that we can show a man is to hold him in ridicule. Paul has given us occasion here to examine ourselves more closely and to walk in simplicity, not following our own pleasures and hoping to improve our own account thereby, for we are provoking God. We are defying him as if we would rob him of his right and we would have him believe that we can tweak his nose and rail upon him without him noticing. In other words, he has not given us a great inheritance, uh, only to cling then in a miserly fashion to the few pennies that we may have in this world. Uh, Quite the contrary. God's not blind, and he knows what uh, we do with the the wages that we earn. And so there's this maxim in verse 7 for whatever one sows, uh, that will he also reap. By sowing to the flesh, we sow corruption. By sowing to the spirit, Uh, We reap eternal life. Now this is not uh, some passage here on salvation by works. I mean, in light of all all that has come before in in the book of Galatians, it's it's far, far from it. This is Paul stirring us up to the exercise of faith uh, and and the generous lifestyle. This is Paul uh, nudging us. uh, And it comes with, uh, with this threat, so that we can see the seriousness uh, that unless gentleness and generosity uh, follow after faith, we we may have reason to question whether or not we have been uh, born of the Spirit. So the simple exhortation uh, for us this morning then is to consider what we have been given. Consider the great inheritance uh, laid up for us. Consider the reward uh, of eternal life. Consider also that God is not to be mocked uh, with uh, with what we do with our money, and that our life is meant to manifest the fruits of the Spirit uh, in great and generous living. This is a spiritual battle, uh, to be sure, and to overcome our attachment to uh, earthly and spiritual things, uh, we need grace. But we may take hope and take courage in the fight uh, that we receive our strength from the Lord and it is the same Spirit who already raised Christ from the dead who mediates and communicates that resurrection life uh, to us now to give us uh, strength uh, to live uh, in a manner pleasing to him. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious Father, uh, help us to consider how we might uh, stir up one another uh, to love and generosity, and we ask that when we do, uh, that you would establish the work of our hands, uh, as the psalmist says, recognizing that you are the one uh, who is generous and has been gracious and merciful to us. You have forgiven us uh, a great debt on the cross. Let us uh, then serve one another uh, in the strength that you provide, and let us never grow weary taking every opportunity uh, to do good. First to those who have preached the word to us, uh, and then to all of our brothers and sisters in the Lord, uh, with whom we've been united uh, by one spirit uh, and one faith. Let us uh, look forth, uh, go forth trusting in Christ uh, for life and breath and for all things, uh, for it's in his name that we pray, amen. Dismissed.